Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. God bless you and you and you and you. Welcome to the Power of a Praying Wife uh, group session. We have a little therapy going on and this is V from vspeaks.com, and I just want to say welcome. I missed you. I know we had a slight hiatus um, since scandal returned. The call line has been empty. So I've been trying to figure out what day is best for everyone. So I switched it to a Wednesday at 8, a.m., 8 p.m., sorry, and I'm hoping that I'm not uh, in in conflict with any any other shows that come on tonight, but um, hopefully this works. If not, then we'll refer back to each other and do our best to try and um, just get everything going with the group. So um, I just wanted to bring you up to speed on a few things. I've been a little um, little weepy as of late. I have um, somebody close to me who, you know, has lost their life two times before, uh, two times since July, but, you know, God has been merciful and has brought them back, and it's just a lot to see someone go through everything that they're going through, and um, I didn't know it would affect me as much as it did, but it has, but um, I'm I'm very grateful, thankful, and blessed for the relationship, and um, so if if I've been a bit quiet, you understand why, and I hope that you would um, excuse me and just give me a moment to just love up my friend and um, pray for her. Uh, so the way the call works is um, what we do is we pray first, and then we go into the um, chapter that we're reading tonight, which is his mind. As I posted in the group, you know, we always want to know what's on your mind, or you know, as sometimes we sometimes we want to know what were you thinking. Um, so that's what we're going to be going over tonight to kind of get an idea of how it is that um, men think and why they do what they do. So, uh, yeah, why they do what they do. And um, so we go into the chapter, and then we leave the call lines open for our discussion at that time, and then we go back into prayer, and then we meet here. When next Wednesday at Friday. So um, let's go into prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being God and God alone. We thank you for being the ruler, author, and finisher of our faith. We love you today, God, and we just come together touching and agreeing in the mighty name of Jesus, thanking you for everything that you have done for us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you that... Uh, what it could be, it's not, and what it should be, it will never be, because you have certainly covered us and you have certainly um, blessed us with your grace and with your mercy. We love you today, Father. We love you today, Father, and we're looking forward to you being on this line. Help us to retain information shared, and Lord God, we also ask that you please help us to hide the word in our hearts, so that we won't sin against you and that we won't let it go for the sake of our companion not being what we need them to be at the moment. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so chapter 7 is mind. Uh, This is page 75 of 207. And um, after this, we're going to start moving through the chapters a bit quicker. And um, I'm going to be posting a lot of the questions on the board. So um, if you have any questions or if you want an invite, uh, to the board, you should be able to search for it on Facebook. It's called Power of a Praying Wife Study Group. It's P like Peter, O like Oscar, A like Apple, P like Peter, W like Walnut. P-O-A-P-W Study Group. If you search it on Facebook, you should be able to pull it up and um, 
you know, uh, you can see all the notes and everything in there, which I do have to do some updating, but I thank you so much for your patience. Um, so uh, we've been going over some chapters, and we've talked about so many things so far, so many things about this this man of ours. And I do want to say to you that no matter how many times you hear it, no matter how many times you join this call, no matter how many people you talk to, no matter what, if you don't apply anything to your relationship, if you don't apply anything to your marriage, because not everybody is married, okay? But if you don't apply it, it's not going to work. You have to do it. And where we get tripped up is um, we stop because they're not who they should be, the man I'm talking about. The man is not who they who he should be. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. He's not acting the way he's supposed to act. And what we don't realize is that we get back what we give out, and it may take some time for you to get that back, but you have to start somewhere. If it's going to take two months for you to, you know, get back what you've been giving out, um, then you should start right away. If it's going to take six months, you should start right away. If it's going to take a year, you should start right away. But if you're not willing to give anything, if you're not willing to apply anything that we're learning here or give anything for the sake of uh, the betterment of the relationship, then all you're going to see is what he's doing wrong. You'll never be able to see what he's uh, doing right. So I'm encouraging you, bit by bit, step by step, try something every day. Just take one thing, one thing every day, okay, and just try and work with him in that one thing, all right? Okay, so we have Chapter 7, His Mind. Uh, Stormy writes, I used to attribute my husband's mind struggles to his musical genius. You know, the artistic temperament, bright and brilliant on one hand, dark and moody on the other. When he would get down, the words in his mind told him he was going to fail, be worth nothing, that he was incapable of doing what he needed to do. It had no basis in reality because he had those kinds of thoughts even in the midst of his most productive and successful work. I didn't realize for a long time that the mind battles he endured did not have to be written off as just the way he is, nor did he have to fight them alone. If he and I were one, then an assault on his mind was an assault on me as well. I could stand with him in the battle by declaring, this is not God speaking into my husband's life. It's the voice of the enemy. I'm not going to stand by and watch deadly games being played with his mind or and or our, and our lives. I decided to try my own experiment and stand against the wiles of the devil on his behalf. After all, the Bible talks about praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Surely all the saints of the category, even if it's not a description which includes my husband. As I persevered in prayer for him over the next few months, I was amazed at the results. Not only did he become better able to control the thoughts in his mind, but eventually I could even see the onslaught coming and attack it in prayer before it gained a foothold. The more he saw my prayers answered, the more he realized where the lies were coming from and the less he was willing to believe them. And I want to stop right there because Stormy is talking about one of the biggest battles that men will ever have to face and it's all in the mind. What we uh, overlook, women are strong, okay? We we do things that nobody else can do. I don't care what parts of the body people change. Nobody can do what we can do. We were born and wired to do what it is that we do. Um, I like to compare men to apples and women to oranges. You know, with a man, they got that one core. You strike that core, done. But with women, we have a tendency to store things in different compartments. And even though we're stored in different compartments, we're still uh, functioning. We're still an orange. You know, you got different slices. They may be separated from each other, but, you know, within the slices, you're still an orange. But with an apple, once you get to the core, it's gone. And, um, for instance, 
if they are unfaithful, we have a tendency to work through it with them. But if we are unfaithful, everything is usually done over. Can't believe you did this to me. Devastated. I mean, they they just really go through it. They can't handle certain things. And likewise, we can't handle certain things that um, they have to endure. And what they have to endure is a different kind of uh, pressure. We endure labor, and they endure a different kind of labor as well. So the weight that they carry is not just on their minds, it's on their shoulders, and how their family is taken care of uh, or how well they do or don't take care of their family is is all a part of that pressure, all a part of that weight. And if you have a companion who does not really care about how the family is taken care of, uh, then he's out of order. Even, let me put it this way, even street pharmacists care about their family eating, okay? So um, no matter what uh, kind of men or uh, you have and what their occupation is, you know, I'm not condoning being street pharmacists. I'm just saying, let's just look at it plainly, okay? Even street pharmacists uh, want their family to eat. No matter what kind of man uh, you have, there's one goal to take care of my family. First and foremost, that's the main uh, goal. So um, the pressure, whether it be to get out there and stay out there from, you know, nighttime to the wee hours of the morning just to make, you know, uh, whatever money they need to make to work in overtime after they've already completed 40 hours a week, you know, just to make ends meet or whether it's working, you know, two jobs or three jobs or, you know, um, stretching yourself just to get the promotion. They do all kinds of things so that they're able to take care of the family. The the pressure comes from the fear that uh, if I don't do it, then not only am I a failure, but I failed them. And we may not necessarily feel that weight that they feel, but that weight that they feel is the same as us carrying a heavy baby and, um, you know, giving birth to it. I remember when I was pregnant with my, my daughter, and she was so heavy that she cut off my circulation from the bottom part of my body down. And I had never seen or experienced anything like that before in my life. When I had my son, my youngest son, and that started to happen, I knew exactly what it, what to do. I had to alleviate the pressure. And when I went to the doctor, he told me you have to get uh, like a weight belt, a belt that the bodybuilders put on um, around their backs. Back in the day, they were like brown leather belts. You tie them around the waist and, you know, they support the waist. And he said, if you don't, if you can't find that, get yourself uh, a belt, okay, and um, wrap it around the bottom of your stomach and hold the end of the belt, in the, you know, up so that blood will start to flow to the bottom part of the body. Ladies, we are the belt, okay? We are literally that belt. And um, it's hard sometimes because when we see them responding a certain way or doing things a certain way, we do have a tendency to think, oh, they're irresponsible, they're inconsiderate, they're disrespectful, uh, they, you know, don't have common sense or enough common sense or, you know, they're a little slow. You know, we come up, we come up with all kinds of thoughts and ideas as to why it is that they do what they do, but it's never uh, necessarily considering they're under pressure. So when he, uh, when you come home and you say, uh, what do you want for dinner? He's like, I don't know, whatever you want, you know, and it's nasty. And you're like, well, I didn't deserve that. It's not always because he's just being rude. It's a, it's because of the pressure. So in order for us to um, be the belt, we have to be in a position where we can lift the weight, right? But we've already established that we can we cannot. Okay, we as women cannot handle the pressure that men can handle. We aren't made for that kind of pressure. We're made for a different kind of pressure. And what's happening is a lot of women are getting in a position, married or not, single mother or not, where we are bearing weight that men can carry. And we wound up being sick, stressed out, worried, nervous breakdown, cancer, uh, fibroids in the body, 
all these types of things that happen are simply because of uh, stress and worry and doing things that are not within faith. What we should be doing, okay, is taking everything to God. If you're a single mother and you know you need a father for your children, I'm not over-exaggerating. Jesus will be just that. When you need a husband, I need this roof taken care of, I need, you know, this car fixed. He, Jesus, will be just that until he sends you a human uh, representative of his love and care for you, okay? So uh, it's the same same thing. If you're married, it's the same thing. If he's out of place, your husband is out of place. If you're not married and you have a companion, if they're out of place and they're not, you know, doing what they're supposed to do as a man, you do not have to fight that fight. All you have to do is pray. Who knows him better than the one who made him? Who knows what's on his mind better than the one who created his mind? Who knows where he is uh, and what he's doing better than the one who owns time? Always, always, always go to God. He will alleviate the weight for the both of you so that you two can enjoy your lives together, okay? It's not the first thing that we remember because when they're snapping at us, the first thing we're like, well, wait a minute, who are you talking to? And why are you talking to me that way? You know, we throw up a defense. And what that does is it leaves the door open for the enemy. Picture this. So, you know, I just said, um, you come home, and he's like, I don't know. You know, you ask him what do they want to eat. I don't know. You figure it out. And you say to him, well, wait a minute, hold up. Y'all know you're not talking to me like that. You know, after the hard day I've had and I've been putting up with your mother and putting up with your kids and your crazy baby mother, and I know you're not talking to me that way. Uh, after all, I've, you know, been through just for you. And he goes and he's, you know, yes, I am talking to you that way. And it's an argument back and forth. Look at all the time that's wasted, that's spent, just giving energy to that. We have to be strong in who we are, be strong in nourishing, be strong in providing an a, a atmosphere where um, they can be free to be vulnerable. Because it's going to take a while before they say, you know what, babe, I don't feel like I'm everything I need to be as a husband or a father, and it's really messing with me. It's going to take a minute. But you have to know that, you have to help them understand that when they come to that point that they want to tell you that, they're comfortable. They can trust you to handle that information. You're not going to freak out, okay? You're going to take it to God in prayer. You're not going to uh, get on the phone, girl. He told me he don't know what he's going to do about this bill. And, you know, because when they hear that, that bothers their pride. And then they know, I can't trust her. Because if I tell her how I feel, she's going to go and tell her mother and tell her sisters and tell her cousins and tell her friends and all that kind of stuff. So um, we have to make sure that we're creating an atmosphere that's very nurturing, an atmosphere that's very nourishing where, they, where they'll eventually feel free to be vulnerable, okay? All right. So when we um, respond back to them, in that place of, you know, who are you talking to? Let me set you straight. Let me help you understand what you're not going to say, what you're not going to do, and how my house is going to be run. When we respond in that um, tone and in that manner, we give a foothold to the enemy, okay, because it prevents you from praying and it also prevents you from seeing that this is an attack on your marriage, furthermore, an attack on your man's mind, all right? And then while he's got him over there in this corner and you're over there in that corner and both of you have the boxing gloves on, the coach, which is the enemy, is in your ear. Now say this. Now say that. Now do this out of spite. Now do that. Follow all your emotions and your motives. And then on the flip side, um, he's telling your husband, see, I told you. If she if, if she's not going to she's not going to support you, you can't be that vulnerable. I told you you wasn't going to be nothing. You were never going to have nothing. I meant that all the way down to your wife. You may as well leave. Give it up. Don't even consider the kids. They'll be all right. Somebody else will come along and take care of them. 
quit. This is too much for you. You don't want to. You don't want to do this, right? So when he has you both apart, he's either the enemy. When the enemy has you both apart, he's able to really work on you and work on him to where you both start to see uh, what he wants you to see instead of what God has already shown you, okay? So we have to be very delicate when it comes to the mind of a man because when it comes to him revealing what's really on his mind, he has to be in a place where he knows she's not going to make fun of me, she's not going to talk about me, and she's going to help me. If and, and she's not going to attack me. If he feels that you're going to do any of those things, make fun of him, talk about him, attack him, then he's not going to say anything. And then we're not satisfied. Because, ladies, we really want to know what's on your mind. We really want to know what's on the mind of the man, right? Right. Okay, so let's uh, finish reading what Stormy said. All right. So she says, as I have traveled the country with my speaking engagements and talked with women from all walks of life, one second, I have been amazed to see how universal that this problem is. In fact, it didn't seem to matter what temperament or background their husband had. I just said that. Ladies, I just said that. They experienced the same kind of lies in their mind. I finally realized that all men have an enemy who wants to undermine what God desires to do in their lives. Women have that same enemy, but men seem to be more vulnerable to his attacks in certain areas. Even the strongest man can get exhausted, overwhelmed, burdened desperate, or caught up in things that keep him away from the presence of God. He doesn't always see the traps of the enemy who wants him to believe that what he faces is insurmountable. His mind fills with words like hopeless, no good, failure, impossible, it's over, why try? I just said that, y'all. A wife can pray that her husband will discern the lies and hear, in, in, in hear instead words like hope prosperity, possibility, success, and new beginning, and know that they're from God. Let me make this clear because we always like, how do I know I'm hearing from God? How do I know this is what he wants me to do? How do I know it's not me? You know, just thinking I heard from God. How do I know it's not me just, you know, thinking of what to do? How do I know it's not the devil? How do I know it's not my mother? You know, we're always trying to make sure that we can identify the voice of God. I want to tell you that no matter how hard the answer may be, God always brings forth life. The enemy always brings forth death. Okay? When God is telling you to do something, it may be the most uncomfortable thing to do. It may be the hardest thing to do, but it will always bring forth life, even if there's a pruning. And in the Bible, it talks about uh, a, a tree with branches. And in order for it to grow, you know, its leaves and its fruit, you have to take, you know, a, a, a cutting uh, abstract, a knife of some sort, and prune back, cut off some of those uh, branches. You have to cut it off so that other things can grow, and that hurts. So when we think about what God would tell us to do as far as it being a, a matter of life, he may say, stop sleeping with that man and you're not uh, married because it's going to lead you to a place you don't want to be. Now, let's, let's, never mind, hell, maybe it'll lead you to AIDS. Maybe it'll lead you, to have a ba- lead you to have a baby that you have to, you know, take care of by yourself. It always leads you to a place. Uh, God, whenever God gives you instruction, it's going to always lead you to the best place for you in the end. It may not necessarily be what you want to do, but it will always lead you to the best best place for you in the end. Right on down to you need to be intimate with your husband. Yes, God will tell you that, okay? And he will tell you what to do and how to do it and how to pull out a new trick. Do not sleep. God is concerned about all these things, okay? You need to sleep with your husband. But, Father, you know, um, you know, you, you know I just saw that 
those naked pictures on his phone. Yeah, well, you're going to keep seeing those naked pictures on his phone if you don't sleep with your husband. And then he's going to go out and find uh, somebody else to fulfill certain desires. This is what you need to do. Whatever God tells you to do, it's always going to lead you to a better place, the right place at the right time, okay? He never misleads you, and he never gives you – destruction never comes without a warning, okay? So we have to make sure that we're praying, and we have to make sure that we can identify when God is talking and when he is not. Now, the enemy will be the one that will say, don't give him none. Don't give him anything. Don't don't fix his plate. Don't wash his clothes. Everything that you used to do, don't do it. You know, God will say everything that you used to do is not working, so we're going to change something. But the enemy will tell you don't do it at all. Don't do nothing. As a matter of fact, just shut down. Okay? And that's going to lead to him going outside of the marriage to fulfill his sexual, you know, needs. That may lead to him gambling. That may lead to him drinking. And people don't, you know, go gambling, what's so wrong with that? Well, when you can't pay, when he can't pay the mortgage or he can't pay the rent, that's what's so wrong with that, okay? Alcoholism, it can lead to him being abusive. It can lead to him doing things. I had a friend uh, when I was younger, and, um, you know, when she got older, her dad, you know, got drunk. And he touched her in the wrong way. And, of course, when she said something, he kind of sobered up immediately. And he was so sorely sorry. Oh, my gosh. He was so sorry. But that alcohol blinded his sight, and it made him do something that he never wanted to do and become somebody he never wanted to become. Now it didn't make him stop drinking. But it goes to show you that when um, when you're not in tune with what life is, when you're not in tune with what God would have you to do, it will lead you. You know, we, we, we like to think that we don't have anything to do with their choices, but we do have some responsibility. Overall, they're going to make their choice, but we do have some responsibility. The same way we set the mood in the house, whether it be with candles or whether it be with, you know, flour all over the kitchen and bacon and, you know, whether we got the pine fall out and all the bleach and we're cleaning. Everybody knows what type of atmosphere they're in. If mommy is up at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday when everybody gets up and they see the mopping and the music is going, they know it's time to clean up. When hubby comes home and he sees the bath water run, and he sees, um, you know, flowers, you know, now, well, I guess we would have flowers, but whatever he likes. He sees, you know, the candles being lit. He knows it's about to go down, okay? So we always communicate what type of atmosphere our family is in. Since we have that responsibility, okay, then certainly we have a responsibility to hear God and make sure that we're following his instructions so that we we equal life. And when you're broken, you know, God, he said this again, he did this again, he hurt me again, you know, or this is a place I've never been with him, I'm so stressed out, I don't know what to do. It's hard to hear. It is so hard to hear what the right thing is to do. But when you do, when you hear it, when you feel it, or when you see it, because sometimes we can't hear and God will show it to us, and sometimes we can't see and God will make us feel something on the inside, all right? It will always equal life. Now, the enemy, all you have to do is what will result from this? That's it. That's it. When you get a thought in your mind, what would result from my actions? And then once you get an answer, keep asking it over and over again until you get to the very end. And once you have that picture, you'll know, okay, that's not life or that is life. Okay, that's that's death. We don't want to do that. Okay, Uh, let's go back to what Stormy was saying. Okay, Uh, Stormy says the two most powerful weapons against the attack of lies upon your husband's mind are the word of God and praise. 
The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the heart and, and is a discerner of the thoughts and, and, and intents of um, the heart. That's Hebrews 4 and 12. When we think of a sword, um, it's a sword in the Bible. The sword is always compared to the word of God, or the word of God is always compared to a sword. When you think of a sword, it has two edges, right? It has two edges, and it has a point, and then it has a shaft. I always say that one edge is to cut yourself, and the other edge is to cut the enemy because you don't know how to use one edge against the enemy if you haven't used it on yourself. So when you tell the enemy, I want you in Jesus' name to stop telling these lies to my husband, well, you're not going to know how to use that if you don't talk to your mind and say, in Jesus' name, I hold that thought and that lie under the scope of God. And in Jesus' name, I will not be a liar. In Jesus' name, I will not continue to think these wrong and negative thoughts that are outside of God. If you don't apply one edge of the sword to you, you don't know how to fully apply it to the enemy. But the thing about that is the enemy knows that too. So he knows that you ain't applying that sword like that. So he keeps coming after you. And you you don't understand why nothing's working. It's because you're not applying it to yourself first. Now, the, what the sword does is it pierces, it slices, but it also defends, okay? So there are many things that the sword can do. And just look at the word of God. As I said, the, the word of God is compared to the sword. How dare you not apply the word to yourself but expect everybody else to follow it to, the, to a T? You're telling everybody else you need to pray, you need to pray, you need to pray, but yet you're not praying. You're telling everybody else, you know, you need to uh, go to church, go to church, go to church, and yet you're not going. Or when you do go, you're not there. Your mind is everywhere else, but you're not really there. It's impossible to get people to believe you if you're not doing it yourself. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruit. What does that mean? The proof is in the pudding. That's what that means. That's how you're going to know who's real and who's not, who's really doing what they say they do and who's not. There, there will be some proof some kind of way, okay? The, the word of God, it defends us from an onslaught from the enemy. It is uh, a, an attacker against the enemy. It will pierce and cut every curse. It will pierce and cut every lie. It will pierce and curse and, and cut every Delilah, every Jezebel, every Boncretia, okay, and every Becky, all right? The word of God has the ability to do all of these things, but it will also cut away the old stuff so that there's room for new. It's the same knife that is used to prune that tree that I was just talking about, it will take off the old stuff so that the new can grow. So the word of God is essential. It is absolutely essential to your life. And we make time for everything else, but we don't always make time to study the word. You know, we make time to pray, make time to say thank you, make time to worship, make time to sing, make time to go to church, but we don't always make the time to really pick apart scripture and have a full understanding of what it is and then apply it to us so that we can apply it to um, the enemy and even give something worthwhile to the ones that we love, okay? Let me go back to what Stormy is saying. She said, the word of God, uh, no, we read that. That was Hebrews 4 and 12. She says, by speaking God's word, you can reveal wrong thinking and it will lose its power. If your husband won't do it for himself, you can speak the word of God over him, either in his presence or alone in prayer, and see positive results. I've done that for my husband countless times, countless times, and he will attest to the power of it. I remind him that God has not given him the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. I tell him that I'm praying for him to lay claim to 
that sound mind at all times. I want to go back to what Jeremy said. She said, if your husband won't do it for himself, you can speak the word of God over him, either in his presence or alone in prayer, and see positive results. Don't overlook when you get an empty house. Okay, I've I've learned that an empty house is very very it's, it's a key moment because my Anthony and I are the type that will have twelve kids at one time. All right, our children, nieces and nephews, and then you know a friend that's over for the weekend, and we we just we've we've just always had children children from church come down, and they're there. We've always had a bunch of kids, okay? No matter where we live, whether it was in the hood or in the suburbs, we've always had a lot of children. And when I get a moment to be alone, no husband, no kids, no nobody, oh, my gosh, it's one of the most beautiful times ever. I'm like, yes. I'm going to walk around the way I want to, okay? I'm going to eat what I want to, how much I want to, watch whatever I want to, play my music as loud as I can. Maybe I'll go out. Maybe I won't. Like, it's just my mind goes everywhere. And then something will say, uh-uh, because you don't have this opportunity often. The first thing you need to do is worship. The first thing you need to do is take a moment to pray. And when I started doing that, um, this was early in the marriage, my, uh, the Lord would lead me to pray, pray in my bedroom, um, even, you know, pray over my husband's pillow so that he would have certain dreams, you know, at night that wouldn't be offensive, um, to, um, you know, pray over his shoes and, you know, pray over uh, the checkbook because, you know, he would leave a checkbook for me at the house while he had one and, you know, just pray concerning your husband and to loose words of, um, when I say loose, let me be, I don't want to use too many church, uh, I don't want to use too much church lingo. So um, he would, the Lord would instruct me to speak words in the atmosphere that were positive. You know, this is a house of love. This is a house of forgiveness. You know, this family is bonded together in love and nothing shall tear us apart. I decree and declare that the spirit of God reigns, rules, and abides in this place and nothing else. But the spirit of God reigns, rules, and abides in this place. It were all kind of things so that um, when they came home, the atmosphere was not only set from whatever I was cooking or, you know, when I came home, the, the atmosphere wasn't uh, just set for me to get home and start doing what it is that they know me to do. It was set for love. It cleared out all the mess. Set for love. And that's what you want to do in your home. So when you get a moment to speak the word of God over him, he doesn't always have to be there. The word of God has no boundaries. Prayer has no boundaries, just like praise has no boundaries. You know, there there are no boundaries to the spiritual life that we live, okay? So he doesn't have to be there in order for you to uh in order for your your words to work. And he doesn't even have to hear you. There have been plenty of times where I've held my husband's hand and he didn't know I was praying. And next thing you know, the shoulder doesn't hurt so much. There's been plenty of times that, um, you know, I've had to, you know, hold him in the night. And he didn't know I was praying, but because I'm holding him, and I'm praying, I know that God is listening, God is answering, and then you start to see a difference. You start to see the relief from the pressure, okay, because their home should be um, their place of their place of safety. That's what home should always represent. It should always represent a place of safety. Okay, let me go back to what Stormy is saying. Um, Okay, so she starts talking about praise. She says, praise is also a powerful tool because God's presence comes to dwell in our midst. And when we, let me rephrase, let me start over. Praise is also a powerful tool because God's presence comes to dwell in our midst when we worship him. In his presence, we find healing and transformation for our lives. Although they know God, they did not glorify him as God, the scripture nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's in Romans 1 and uh, 21. 
So let me go back over that scripture. It says, although they know God, they did not glorify him as God. Let me stop right there because we read the Bible and we're like, well, what does that mean? Although they know God, they did not glorify him as God. And we like to think of people, you know, just looking at it. It's like, okay, it's somebody who said who was born to church or had a relationship with God, but, you know, they wanted all the praise because it says they did not glorify him as God. But I want to bring something up to your attention with that scripture. It says, although they know God, they did not glorify him as God. Although they know God. We know that God is the creator of all things. We know that he's God, and we know that he's God, and he's God alone. And um, we know that he's ruler. We know that he's master. We know that he came in the form of flesh as Jesus and that he is our savior. We know that he healed the sick, that he raised the dead, that he fed the hungry. We know all these things, okay? That's what it means, although they know God. But then the scripture says they did not glorify him as God. What we don't do is that we don't see him as personal. We see him as, God, I know you can do it, but will you do it for me? And it's hard to um, see this great big God, right, do all these great big things, but not have a personal understanding that when he healed the sick, it was for you, that when he raised the dead, it was for you, that when he provided, it was for you and it still is, we have a hard time understanding that God relates to us personally, not just as God of the universe. It's just like daddy or, you know, if you don't have a father or if he wasn't in your life, imagine it. Daddy was, you know, the accountant at Johnson & Johnson. Daddy was the accountant at Johnson & Johnson. But when daddy came home, he was daddy. He wasn't still accounting at Johnson & Johnson in the house. He was daddy when he related to you. And that's something that we don't often remember. Yeah, God is God. He's the creator of the entire universe. But he's father, which means that I'm his daughter, which means that if I need money for me and my husband and my children, he'll provide it because essentially he's father. He's the patriarch. He takes care of all of us. If I need healing, I can ask, Daddy, I'm, I'm sick. Will you take care of me? And for those of us who don't have, who haven't had a father, it's hard to relate to God as a father. And uh, I want to tell you, I felt like I didn't miss much when my father was absent from my life. And I didn't notice that I had missed a whole lot until I started to see God as a father. That's when I became sorrowful, like, oh, you know what? I did miss a whole lot. Um, so we want to make sure that when well, you're taking the time to speak into the atmosphere, if you're in your car on your way to work, do it. If you just got to think it, do it. Do it. There, There is power. You are so powerful. There is power in you, and it all comes from speaking. What did God do? Let there be light, and then there was light. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke, and we are created like our Father. So we have to make sure that we're using the necessary tools that he has given us rather than, who are you talking to? I know you ain't talking to me especially after this weekend when you came in here 2 o'clock in the morning broke and drunk, okay, because that's the real deal that's going on, all right? We, we play it right on this phone, but there are some women on this line who are going through some real things, okay? All right, let me go back. Uh, okay, and then the scripture goes on to say, nor were they thank- nor were thankful, nor were they thankful. So although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. How can you be? Thank you. Thank you, God, for doing that for me. Oh, God looked out. Instead of my father has taken care of me, there's a difference in the praise and a difference in the thanks from God looked out. Anybody can say God looked out for me. The drug dealer, who, 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 the bullet that missed the drug dealer, oh, God looked out for me. 
But when you have a personal relationship, son and father, father, you know, uh, or daughter and father, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You've taken care of me so well, and I'm so grateful. I know you have a lot to do, but yet you make me feel like there's nobody else around. Thank you, Father. There have been so many times that, me personally, that I have been so blessed and so taken care of, I thought I was the only one in this world that he saw. That's exactly how he made me feel. That's how personal he can be to you. But you have to understand that. So it says, um, the scripture says, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So futile in their thoughts, meaning they were already defeated. Because if you don't understand that God is your father and he will take care of you just like a father, a good father, takes care of a child, then you're already far less in your thoughts. There's so much room for the enemy to come in and defeat you. On top of the things that we already think we don't deserve. Oh, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve that. You know, I messed up here. I messed up there. I don't think it's going to work because I just got finished cussing her out. Now, understanding that the father doesn't stop feeding you just because you cussed her out. That's just like us putting our children on punishment and then we tell them that they can't have a place to live. That doesn't work. We're still going to pay the bills. We're still going to feed them. We're still going to clothe them, even though we're correcting them. So uh, the scripture says, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is where disappointment sets in. Because if we don't understand that God is our father, our personal, personal father, our personal friend, our personal savior, if we don't understand that, then God, you disappointed me. And why should I trust you? I, I don't need to trust you. God, you broke me. Why do I, for what? I'm not looking to you for nothing. I'm not even going to walk in faith. And the Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So that whole scripture is a matter of how you think, not necessarily what you do. Oh, I praise God for my blessing. Yeah, did you praise God or did you praise your father? We have to make sure that our thinking is correct. So let me go um, back to what Stormy is saying. She says, you don't want futile thoughts to darken your husband's heart, okay? Those futile thoughts of this ain't going to work out. This is impossible. I may as well quit, okay? Speak praise to God for your husband's sound mind, and he'll be able to think more clearly about what he will and will not allow into it. When you take a step out on faith, when you become that belt that I was talking about, if you weren't on the call, I was talking to, uh, about my daughter, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was pregnant with her, she was so heavy, she cut off the circulation from the bottom half of my body. And when I say everything swelled, listen, ladies, everything swelled and ate, everything, okay? The doctor told me that I needed to put on a belt. Uh, a, a exercise belt that the bodybuilders were used to support the back, and if I didn't have that, then to tie a belt around the bottom of my belly and hold the strap up in the air so that the blood could start to flow to the bottom half of my body. We are the belt. We are that belt. So when we go in in faith and we apply that word to us, we're more prone to have a faith for them. I know, baby, I know this is going to work out for you. I know it looks real rough and I know it looks real hard, but I know that this is going to work out for you. When we say those things and we're praying and we're speaking in the atmosphere, whether he's around or not, and we're doing all these things that Stormy, Stormy and I are talking about tonight, and it happens, you are his hero. After God, Okay. You are his hero because, it's, baby, you believed in me, and it worked out. You said it was going to work out, and it worked out. So the next time he has an issue, he's not calling his sister nor his mama. He's calling you. He's talking to you first. What do you think about this? How do you think we should go about this? I need your support because I'm nervous. I'm afraid. 
And I just want to tell you that the bond that comes from a man telling you what's on his mind is unbelievable because that's what we want to know. What you thinking about? Nothing. And we know they're thinking about something. The bond that comes when they start talking, oh, my goodness. We fall in love with them. We are goo-goo gaga when they start talking about what's really on their mind. And when we start hearing, you know, they're nervous, they're afraid, we go into mommy mode. I know we don't like to hear that because it's in reference to our husband. And I ain't raising no man and I'm nobody's mother, honey, bye. You will always be a nurturer. All right. If it was somebody else's child, you would still nurture. If it was a teenager, if it was a brother or another man, your husband's age, you just have that capacity to give that support and that encouragement. That's just what we do. That's who we are. So think it not strange that we would still do the same for that man, for our man. Okay. When we get, when we give, I said this in the beginning. When we give the right thing. We get it back. We get it back. He tells you what's on his mind. He shares with you what his fears are. He lets you know, I feel okay to be to be vulnerable in front of you because I could trust you. Plus, he told me everything was going to be all right, and it turned out that it was. No matter how long it takes, it turns out that it was. He may not know what's going on behind the scenes. He doesn't know that each time you hold his hand or rub his head or kiss him that you're praying. He doesn't know that you've been speaking in the atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't know that you've been monitoring what you think by applying the word to you first. He doesn't know that. All he sees is results. And when he sees results, he's pushed, he's motivated, he's encouraged, he's inspired to go after the very things that he should have for himself, for you, and for the entire family. It's a benefit to you to apply that sword, that word of God, to you first and then encourage him because when your faith is strong, can nothing stand in his way. Can nothing, nothing can stand in your way either, right? Okay, so let me go back to what Stormy is saying. She says depression, bitterness, anger, fear, rejection, hopelessness, loneliness, rebellion, temptation, evil, and many diseases all begin in the mind. These things can control your life unless you take control of your mind first. That's why God instructs us not to accept as truth everything that we think. Uh, Let me tell you scripture. Isaiah 65 and 2, I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts. This is what God is saying. Let me repeat that. Good God from Zion. Isaiah 65 and 2, God is saying, I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts. How many times have we been there for our best friend? done everything for them, and they still do what they want to do. They still not listen. You get tired. You get exasperated. You know, how long do I have to keep my hand out here for you to see? I'm here to help you. I'm not here to hurt you. Why are you calling everybody else and you know they don't like you anyway? You know you have a real friend in me. Why wouldn't you call me first? These are the types of things that reverberate to us through God. Haven't I always taken care of you, even when you didn't know it? And now this comes up and you're like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to trust me, as a matter of fact. I didn't ask you for the money. I didn't ask you for the credit. I didn't ask you for an application. All I asked you for was seek me first. Trust me. My hand is right here with everything that you need. But because you want to do it your way, according to your thoughts, Nothing's working out. All right, so Stormy says uh, that um, he wants to share his thoughts, talking about God and your man. Wants to share his thoughts. And 1 Corinthians 2 and 16 says, we who believe have the mind of Christ. Jesus said, I will share with you what the Father shares with me. 
And I don't want to get into the whole Trinity thing, but the Holy Spirit is God on the inside. It is the deep that calls unto unto the deep on the inside. How else will we have uh, the direct intel, okay? How else will we have the information? The Lord, it's the Lord on the inside, communicating to our very being. If we can't hear it, that's fine. That's why he shows it to us. If we can't see it, that's fine. But that's why he puts something in our soul. You know, I just feel like we need to do this. I don't know why, but I just had a feeling, and my feeling was right. It's God on the inside who's sharing the information with us, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three different entities, just like us, mind, body, soul. One person, but three different entities in that one person. We are just like our Father. He has created us in his image. When he said that, he meant that thing. Not just in, you know, eyes or, I mean, he has really created us on the inside in his image. She goes on to say, Stormy goes on to, goes on to say, let's pray for our husbands to receive the mind of Christ and bring every thought captive under God's control. Who doesn't need that? So, um, I want to, it's 8.56, and I don't know who may be watching Empire. So I, I don't want to compete with the with the shows because I've been doing that, and I think nobody showed up on the lines for the past uh, few times. So um, I want to wrap it up, but I just want to tell you, this was a lot to take in. If you don't know, if you, didn't, if you only caught one thing, catch this. The word of God is compared to a sword. You will not know how to use it on any enemy unless you use it on yourself first. You have to make sure that if you're going to tell your husband you can do it, that you telling yourself you can do it. You have to make sure if you're telling your husband by faith that you're stepping out on faith on something. You have to do it because if you tell him, baby, you can do it, baby, I have faith, and it don't work out, the same way you get the credit, so to speak, when it does work out is the same way they're going to be looking at you, you pump me up to this. And if you don't believe, then it's very, very hard, very hard for what's behind the scenes to work to put on the show. They're on stage performing. We're behind the scenes with the lights, the wardrobe changes, and all that kind of stuff. So make sure that the word applies to you first. Make sure that you are praying over your husband's or your companion's mind. If he, you're not married yet, if you don't even have a boyfriend, if they didn't come yet, he's coming, so you should still be praying. He's alive and well, okay? God is not going to give you anybody dead. So you should still be praying, all right? We're going to pray Stormy's um, prayer tonight. Um, She says, "Uh, Lord, I pray for your protection on my husband's mind. Shield him from the lies of the enemy. Help him to clearly discern between your voice and any other and show him how to take every thought captive as, as you have instructed us to do. May he thirst for your word and hunger for your truth so that he can recognize wrong thinking. Give him strength to resist lying thoughts. Remind him that he has the mind of Christ where the enemy's lives have already invaded his thoughts. I push them back by inviting the power of the Holy Spirit to cleanse his mind. Lord, you have given me authority over all the power of the enemy. By that authority given to me in Jesus Christ, I command all lying spirits away from my husband's mind. I proclaim that God has given my husband a sound mind. He will not entertain confusion, but live in clarity. He will not be tormented with impure, evil, negative, 
negative or sinful thoughts, but be transformed by the renewing of his mind, that he may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Enable him to be strong in you, Lord, and in the power of your might. Help him to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let his request be made known to you, and may your peace, which surpasses all understanding, guard my companion's heart, guard my husband's heart, and mine through Christ Jesus. And finally, whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, having virtue, or anything praiseworthy, let the love of my life, let my man, let my husband, let my companion think on these things only. In Jesus' name, I pray. So that was Stormy's prayer, and I thought that it was uh, suitable just the way it was uh, for what it is that we were talking about tonight. So, sisters, I encourage you, and I didn't say sisters, okay, because it's not just sisters on the line, but we have sisters on the line, and um, I'm encouraging you to make sure that you're applying the word to you first. You need to be built up in your own faith with your father, not just with God but with your father so that you can be built up in faith for your man. All right? I love you. Meet me here next Wednesday at 8 p.m., and um, we'll talk again, okay? Have a good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.